Welcome to Word of God Broadcast with Pastor Opie Swells from Multitudes Church in Laurenburg, North Carolina. Our prayer is that your heart will be like moistened soil, ready to receive the seed from God's Holy Word. Now, today's message. Jesus from the mountains 
not just her need, but every need in this building and every need attached to every person in this building. Me and Angie, we haven't went into detail in the, in the request for prayer. And I, I think I'm just going to speak for, for my family, and I probably am speaking for other families too. But the spiritual warfare is at a level it's never been in. It comes in many forms, but it comes in sickness too, church. All right? And we know this because we know that Job was afflicted by Satan. The Lord didn't cover him with bowls. It was Satan that did that. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to be brief, but it's just been a lot of sickness. There's a lot of sickness going around. And there's a lot of sickness that's going to go around. And... We can't get discouraged because we're not defeated, so we can't get discouraged. And I've already heard one minister say this morning, if the body of Christ is distracted with fear, then the world's in trouble. And we were talking, Roxy's, been at Moore County, got to go to Chapel Hill Wednesday. Joe's daddy had to be flown the same Thanksgiving day up to Chapel Hill. Our grandbaby's right now getting seen with 105 plus temperature. Daddy may have, we don't know pneumonia. We don't even know. Uh, we all share in this sinus trouble. But this is just a little bit, I, I got permission to tell you about us. But we've had warfare like we've never had this whole year. God's already showed me next year, but we still got another month of this year. We were just talking about Roxy yesterday or the day before. He said, you know, we realize there's always been an attack on her, but we, we, she's part of four worship teams, church. Four worship teams. One here, the one at her school, the one with the, the youth at Springfield on Sunday night and then our youth on Wednesday night. That don't mean nothing to probably most of you in here, but I know that petrifies Satan. Because if you start in the Old Testament, it was always the worshipers that went out before the warriors did. And so I'm praying because this is just what Satan's trying to do. I'm not making this about Roxy. I'm, I'm, I'm praying over her for everybody here. But we don't need to think it's strange, and this is hard. We don't need to think it's strange when we come under fiery darts and, and attacks from the devil. So if, if you're trying to halfway live right, as they say, and it just seems like it's one thing after another, you just count it all joy. Count it all joy because that you are right where you're supposed to be right now. If there ain't nothing but luxury going on in your life, I would fast and fall on my face right now. If it's all smooth sailing for you, I'm telling you something's wrong because he's not really <laughs> affected by you. And I'm not trying to judge anybody. I'm just telling you, we are in the closing moments of life as we know it, and Satan is just unleashing everything on every person that has a real relationship. I said a real relationship with Jesus. But saying all that and all that just seems like Satan has tried to wear you down with this, you wear me down with this, and I know I speak for my family, I've never felt as close to God as I do right now. I do. I, man, I feel so close to God. This stuff, naturally, it affects me, but it don't, it don't worry me because I've just got so much faith. Joe's already said it. He didn't know. It. I just said, I've been saying it. Me and Angie's been saying it for a month or two. It's, I'm, it's in God's hands. And when I tell you it's in God's hands, it's in God's hands. So we're going we're, we're gonna to pray for Roxy. We're going to pray for Pat. So y'all come over this way. Amber's right here. Amber's got a need. God knows about all of you have a need. Uh, in fact, uh, 
If you want to just come stand in the aisle or something, it can be work, it can be family, it can be, I don't know, you might be worried about Christmas. You don't have to be. I'm about to tell you about Christmas in a minute. So, as, as we do this, and by the way, anybody online that really can't see this because you're somewhere far away listening, we're all gathered at the altar, and we're anointing with oil, we're praying, because the devil don't want me to take time to do this in the service, so I'm going to do the opposite of what he's thinking that I'm not going to do, and I, I, I just want to encourage everybody down here, listen, it don't matter how big it is, it's so small compared standing beside God. No matter how big it is, it's small beside God. And we're at this altar because we're, we're going to God. We're going, we're going to start off by worshiping God, thanking Him that He's not like the God that Hamas is serving, Allah that's, that's a dead, useless God. We serve a mighty God. We serve a, a providing God, Jehovah Jireh. And... One of the other names of God is Jehovah Nisi. And we grew up singing a song, His banner over me is love. That, that's my banner. What God's got over all of us. And He loves you enough. If He don't take care of it at this altar, He loves you enough to take care of you through it. Through it. No weapon formed against you will win, is what the Bible says. So... We're praying and we're believing. We're going to pray for, I tell you what, listen to these names. we got to pray for Wanda this morning. We need to pray for Larry Smith. Larry needs divine intervention. Carrie Wright, Tyler and Laurel Kate, Joe's daddy. Can't we praise God? It was a very risky service, uh, surgery. Today's his birthday. Right, Joe? He's in Chapel Hill. Uh, but he's alive on his birthday. So we give God glory. How about that? And then um, I want you to pray. I've got to go to a funeral at 2 o'clock. And, and our aunt, she got to go home this year. Black Friday was a white Friday for her. Because she, man, in glory. So I want you to pray for my cousins, Tommy and Ashley Spake. Also, my aunt. My mother's oldest living sister, sis, Nora Stone. She's 90, 91, 90. And she is, uh, she had a fall this week and she was in hospice haven, but she's back home now. And so I want to pray for her. Also, Robbie and Aaron will continue to pray for Jewel Dow. We're praying for uh, Nikki Swells' mother, Carol. And there's so many needs, church. Um, there's so many needs. There's so many needs that I don't even know that you know about. And just because I didn't call it out, listen, God already knows what the need is. You know what? We may not have had to pull out extra chairs this service but it makes me feel good to see everybody's at the altar right now because it tells me that God has got something in store for everybody inside this building today. And so this is what we do. This is not a scary thing. You might be in a situation like we are, God. What's happening right here now? Uh, I'm just giving it to you. And I want to look at it through your eyes, through the eyes of the Word. And know that I'm, I'm, your, I'm your boy. I'm your girl. And I want to pray this morning, Lord, that, that I will watch you work in the midst of all of it. Life is about over with, church. Life down here, it's about over with. And we live in a world around us that's caught up with just living and carried away with all kinds of lifestyles and luxury and everybody lives for the next high but it's about over with and so we are finishing our course and this is what it's like any of you that know about football or baseball you know it's it's the ninth inning and you wore out 
but they tie the game and you have to go into five overtimes. We're, we're at our fifth overtime. We already played the game. We just in overtime because your son needs saving or your husband or you got a grandma that's been good. She's just not saved. You got a neighbor or a co-worker. That's why we're in overtime, okay? God knows what he's doing. So I want to start by thanking God. You know, it's been about Thanksgiving all this week. And everything, you read it one of these days this week, and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So God, we thank you in the name of Jesus, Lord. We thank you that we have an intercessor. We have a mediator. Lord, I realize the Holy Ghost is praying for all of us right now with groanings that we could never, ever understand, Lord. And God, I pray for back trouble. I, I pray for blood pressure. I pray for cancer. I pray for depression. I pray for anxiety. I pray for sickness, Lord, in every form, whether it's a fever or it's a, a disease we don't even really know what to do with, Lord. All of it falls under the name of Jesus. And God, I lay my hand on Roxy, but you're really laying your hands on everybody in this sanctuary and everybody that's listening right now, Lord, because that's what we're doing. We're not trying to impress people with a a, a lavish service, Lord. We're just humble in your hands this morning. And we pray, Lord, for a covering over every person here, Lord. Satan was upset because Job was covering. I just pray, God, you don't owe him anything. You don't owe the devil one thing, Lord. I pray you would cover your children right now. I pray, Lord, that there would be such a joy in our heart, Lord. Regardless of the news that we hear or we experience, Lord, it can't crush our joy. It can't steal our joy because it's in you. And Lord, and I pray, it's by your stripes, Lord, that Roxy is healed, Carlton's healed, Wanda, Lord, Laurel Kate, Larry, Kay, Pat, every name, every person here, God. And again, I just, Lord, I feel strongly. I, this is a time of year when people get depressed. I pray against that spirit in the name of Jesus. It is from the devil. It is, a, it is a bondage and a spirit, Lord. And I pray against it in the name of Jesus. And I pray, oh, Lord, every person that may have, Lord, sinus pressure or congestion and they can't breathe, Lord, or their heart is irregular right now in the name of Jesus. I just speak the name of Jesus is what I do, Lord, because your name is power. I pray over every bondage, every addiction, every distraction, Lord, every, every weapon that the devil is pointing at every family here. And I pray most of all, God, even above physical healing or emotional healing, I pray that there's such a salvation that invades every home right now. I pray for daddies and mamas to be saved, brothers and sisters, and I pray for husbands and wives and grandmas and grandpas to be saved. And in your name, Jesus, I pray that you are glorified. Lord, I pray that there's testimony after testimony going throughout this building right now of people that go and they leave here and they say I pray in the name of Jesus God that you would take you would mold, you would mend you would break everything Lord, everything in the name of Jesus God the testimonies just arise out of this this time of worship Lord, you already know the needs so we just worship you right now Before we move, I think just softly, I just want to speak the name of Jesus.
This is your opportunity to be thankful and worship. I feel it. the Lord a hand clap for the word of God. Amen. I want to talk about why we have Christmas in the first place. And uh, my prayer is that from now until the 25th that you will be able to go about your daily business and you will be able to see a manger scene or you'll, you'll see a nativity uh, a picture or a commercial or something like that. And, and more than anything else, it'll make you think back to this message today. Because I, I, I want us all to have a, a deeper love and appreciation for Christmas. You know, it's been stripped down by the world, but I, I want to look at Christmas and its whole origin through the eyes of the Bible. And I have to do that by going to the first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 3, verse 21. And if you're turning or scrolling or waiting on the screen, that, that's fine. But I want to kind of give you just a, a, a back story quickly, and then we're going to go through these other stories uh, quickly because this will explain. So at, right out of the box, I'm going to tell you that Christmas is all about the blood of Jesus Christ. It's all about the blood of Jesus Christ. When Adam and Eve were created, they enjoyed what you and I will enjoy one day, perfect life and, and a perfect world. We're going to enjoy that one day. There'll be a new heaven and a new earth. There'll be a new body. And I can't get any of that quick enough. But Adam and Eve enjoyed that until they were, guess what, of all things, they were deceived. See, when, dece when deception is able to, to take root inside of you, it's over with, friend. You have to take a fake, phony form of the real thing. And that's what you see in this Bible over and over again. Adam and Eve had a perfect garden they were in, the Garden of Eden, that was guarded by the holiness of God and the angels of God. And you know what they did? They, they took that deceptive moment 
And for the rest of their natural life, they would have to live with an imitation by the devil of what they had that was pure and right and permanent and eternal. Because, see, they died. And when they were deceived, this is where you get a a great picture of Jesus thousands of years before he ever arrived. The first thing God had to do when they were deceived, they realized that they were naked and an animal had to be killed in order to cover them up. So in other words, blood had to be shed in order to get the skin from an animal to cover up their shame and their nakedness. That's what the cross of Calvary is all about. The blood of Jesus washes us, makes us white as snow, crimson flow. No other name I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And they were covered. Genesis 3.21 says also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin. Not of fig leaves here, but of skin. Skin had to come from a living animal. That living animal just couldn't take it off and say, well, here, go on and cover them with it. It had to be killed. It had to be slaughtered. Blood had to be shed in order to be covered. Then, over in Exodus chapter 12, you see this picture again. Christmas all over again. Exodus 12 verses 7 through 13 says, And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat. Then they shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted in fire with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs. They shall eat it. Do not eat it raw, nor boil at all with water, but roast it in fire, its head and its legs and its entrails. You shall not let none of it remain until morning, and what remains of it until morning you shall burn with fire. And thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hands. So you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover, for I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign. Second time I'm sharing this with you. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, this is why a lot of people that think they're saved are not saved. The Lord looks at them. Their mouth is moving. They say, I'm a Christian. They do all the things that a Christian does. The problem is God just don't see the blood. And when God don't see the blood, you're not saved, don't matter what a preacher tells you or a church. He says, and I see the blood, I'll pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. You know what they did? They took blood and every one of them that didn't think it was foolish. Every one of them that didn't think it was a waste of time. That that looks weird. That looks like something a cult would do. Every one of them that still believed what God said and they did it. The Lord passed over them. But all the naysayers, all the people that didn't really believe what God said and believed that would mess up a brand new paint job on their nice adobe looking house. We're not doing that. We do all the other things, but we're not doing that. There was wailing and crying like never before. And let me tell you something, church. You reap what you sow. You cannot unsow something, so you can't unreap something. It was too late to put any amount of blood on the doorpost after that night. Too late. Today is the day of salvation. One day, some man, possibly me, somewhere is going to say, Today you need to be saved. Today, God needs to look in your life and see the blood of Jesus applied. And one second after the rapture is realized by people, it's going to be too late 
to apply that blood and God see it and you make it in on the rapture. You're probably going to have to be eaten by an animal or beheaded or starved to death or tortured. And I don't know why people play around with this. I cannot understand it. I, I've lived in sin. I've dabbled in stuff that I'm ashamed to talk about now. So I can tell anybody in here that's still flirting with sin, I've done what you have done. And if it was all that good, I'd go back to it and wouldn't be living this lifestyle. If it had the holding power that the mighty God of Israel has, then I wouldn't be living this lifestyle. I'd go back to my vomit. But it could not hold me and it couldn't help me. Then there comes a third story in the Bible. And if you were at the revival we had last year, Pastor Matt Haynes did a splendid job sharing a message with us about Rahab. Rahab, and you see Jesus in this story. Because we talked about God's people when we were talking about Adam and Eve. He created both of them. He created everybody. But then we talked about the children of Israel that put the blood over the doorpost. But now we're talking about a, a lowly prostitute. And we see Jesus Christ in this story right here. Because the city was going to be taken out. The city was going to be wiped out. And you know that she believed the voice of God. She believed the men of God. And she took the two spies sent by Joshua. She, she took both of those in and hid them. And then when she was asked, she said, they, they were here, but they're gone. She did that, and by doing that, she saved her whole family. But she had to do what they told her to do. She had to take... Let me, can I read the story to you? It's, it's, it's only about five verses. Verse 12, chapter 2. Now, therefore, I beg you, swear by the Lord since I have shown you. This is her talking to the two spies. I've shown you the kindness that you will also show kindness to my father's house. See, if you really love your family, you're going to do whatever it takes to save your family. You're going to make hard decisions. And this is what she was concerned about. She wasn't concerned about the addition she just put on her house. She was concerned about her family living the next day. Show it to my father's house and give me a true token. And verse 13 says, And spare my father and my mother, my brothers, my sisters, and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. So the men answered her, Our lives for your lives. If none of you tell this business of ours, and it shall be when the Lord has given us the land that we will deal kindly and truly with you. Then she let them down by a rope through the window for her house was on the city wall. She dwelt on the wall and she said to them, Get to the mountain lest your pursuers meet you. Hide there three days until the pursuers have returned. Afterward you may go your way. So the men said to her, We will be blameless of this oath of yours which you have made us swear unless, church, when we come into the land you bind this cord of scarlet, red, in the window through which you let us down and unless you bring your father and your mother, your brothers and all your father's household to your own home. So like Adam and Eve covered because blood was shed, what Jesus did, because the blood was applied to the door, the house was saved. Now again, symbolic of the blood of Jesus flowing down his body and down that cross at Calvary. Rahab saved herself and her entire family. By the way, if you think that where you are in life right now God can't pick you up and use you and you save your family and God still, even though you got the reputation of, uh, the reputation of a whore or a drug addict or somebody that's just made bad decisions throughout your life, listen to what happened to her. She married a man, Salome was his name. They had a child named Obed. 
But then Obed had another child. His name was Jesse. Jesse had a son. His name was David. And through that lineage, Jesus Christ, the lion of the tribe, that was the tribe of Judah, would come out of that tribe and would one day, hallelujah, he would be the lamb that, and I'm going to get to him, but he would be the lamb that would be shed on the, his blood would be shed that would wash away all sins of every man that would call on his name. And I'm saved today because of that very thing right there. The Bible says that in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22, and almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. Meaning that unless the blood, again, has been applied to your life or a life, you can't be saved. You're not saved. You're not saved. It doesn't matter the denomination. It doesn't matter the amount of money given to a church, the amount of titles or jobs a person holds, or how good they are in the eyes of the community. Unless God sees the blood applied to your life, you will not go to heaven. And I want to be very clear that through this Christmas season, Christmas is because and about the blood of Jesus finally being shed so that man would have a way home when he leaves this earth. In Acts 8.32, because we've went through some Old Testament people and now we're at Jesus himself. The place... Of the scripture which he reads was this. He was led Isaiah, he was led as a sheep to the slaughter, talking about Jesus. And like a lamb dumb before his shears, and he didn't open up his mouth. This is why Jesus came. Next day, John the Baptist, John 129, John the Baptist saw Jesus, his cousin, earthly speaking, and he said, Look. I want you to listen to the terms he used, church. He said, look or behold, the what? The lamb. The lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world because John knew that that was God's lamb that would be sacrificed on a cross and it would be the blood of that lamb and only that lamb that could wash Mankind sins away. And I know what I'm saying now. A lot of you know this by heart. You can preach it as good as I'm attempting to or better. But we, we don't, I, I don't. We don't make this connection during this season of commercialism. Amen? We don't. And we're certainly not told about it on a regular basis during the month of December. Amen, pastor. You told the truth there. We're not told about it. And God forbid that a preacher that's trying to impress people bring up the blood of Jesus at all times of the year. People need to be encouraged and cheered up. Here's my encouragement and here's my cheer up. If God sees blood on your life, when he looks at you, you're on your way to glory. You ought to cheer about that. All right. Shepherds gathered around. I'm trying to make it Christmassy as I can, okay? I'm trying to make it Christmas. Shepherds gathered around and all of those other people, Mary and Joseph, and they saw a manger. Derek's got a beautiful manger he found. And they gathered around and they saw a baby in that manger. And from that we get all the Christmas songs and the story and all the Christmas plays. And that's what the world sees right now. But when God looked down from heaven into that manger, he didn't see a Christmas celebration. He saw his, he saw the perfect lamb that had he had been waiting on that time in history to arrive. 
in a manger in the form of his son, and he knew, imagine being a daddy and seeing this. He knew that it would, it would only be 33 short years before his son's blood would be spilled all over Calvary. So while everybody else is looking at manger scenes in town and we're celebrating and looking, I want you to see what God saw. Because we're going to get our fill of Christmas. Don't you worry about that. Everybody's going to get their fill of Christmas and presents and toys and food and running around like crazy. But we need to understand Christmas is nothing without the blood of Jesus Christ. It's absolutely nothing. It's a pagan holiday celebrated by Christians if you don't see the blood of Jesus Christ. We, we, are, we are justified to worship and celebrate when we understand why it all occurred anyway. Leviticus 17, in other words, says this. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you to make atonement for your souls upon the altar. For it is the blood that makes atonement for the So you see, Jesus, he had to die, church. He had to not just die, but he had to be completely filleted open and all the blood out of his body in order for salvation and redemption to occur. Jesus had to die. And unless, unless blood has been shed, there is no remission of sins. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm quickly closing. But if the blood of Jesus can atone sin, I want everybody to know this today and understand that it can do everything and anything else. The name of Jesus. We just sang. That's why we plead the blood of Jesus over our family. That's why we plead the blood of Jesus when Satan comes in like a mighty flood. That's why we plead the blood of Jesus when we are sick. That's why we plead the blood of Jesus when we go to work or we go to school or we're in the middle of this world that seems like it has gone crazy. We plead the blood of Jesus because the blood of Jesus will win and wash everything that you will ever face. And can I let you in on this? Satan knows that, and he hates it when you're reminded of that. See, they could have beat Jesus all day long. I've never shared this before, so thank you, Holy Ghost. They could have beaten Jesus, and they did. 39 strikes. <clears throat> they could have spit on him. They could have done all that they did, but Satan. We don't have salvation because Jesus was crucified on a cross. We have salvation because his blood was shed. See, if he had just been beat up real bad, you couldn't be saved. Without the shedding of blood, next time you prick your finger, I want you to think about gallons of blood if that was possible coming out of your body. In Hebrews, I, we've, been, we've been in there a lot, but I want to tell you this. The writer of Hebrews in chapter 10 said, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, when we pray, I just told you, we plead the blood of Jesus. But I want to give you another picture, and I'm going to do it quick. And we prayed, that was beautiful, everybody praying and just going before God at this altar. But I'm talking to you right now at your home when nobody's around but you. Or you're driving in your car, or you're walking in your yard. Do you know because Jesus shed his blood, you can do what people in the Old Testament couldn't do. That because the blood of Jesus was shed, that you can boldly walk into the holy holies, the most holy place, and you can fall on your knees, you can fall on your face, 
you can stand before God and you can let him know everything you're going through in this life because of the blood of Jesus. And the Bible says that we have confidence. That's why I'm praying that our prayer lives, along with our reading and absorbing of this book, it takes on a whole new dimension. That we just don't say vain words like the scribes and the Pharisees did. But we understand, I'm praying because Jesus shed his blood and now I can walk right in where God himself is. And I can tell him, and you know just a little talk with Jesus will make it right. Amen? I may have doubts and fears. Your eyes may be filled with tears. But if you understand that when I'm going to pray, I'm not just going to prayer. I'm not just saying a delicate prayer. I'm walking into where the man is himself because Jesus made sure I could do that when he was on the cross. And I can tell him everything I want him to hear. Right here, right now. You can do that, church. It'll help you pray like you've never prayed before. You'll feel and you'll know God in a way you've never known him. I'm coughing, so stand up, please. <coughs> Jesus suffered outside the city gate in Hebrews 13. To make the people, I'll read the scripture to you. Also, Jesus suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his own blood. Now listen, please, please listen, church. Because I've said it so much today, I, I don't want you to overlook it now. But if God does not see the blood of his son Jesus on your life, you're missing out right now. Because you have what the Bible says is a form of godliness. And people that's listening in other places, I'm not trying to argue. I won't argue. I, I, my information comes from the Bible. And I've, I've read scripture after scripture today. I make it very clear. There's only one way to the Father, and that is through the sun. You know how you get through the sun? Imagine going through tidal wave out there at Walmart. And when you get in there and you see all them suds coming down, you can't get to the other side where that dryer is unless you've gone through there and all them suds have come over you. You cannot be saved. There's one way to the Father. You've got to go through Jesus, which is meaning you've got to go through his blood, that fountain flowing down. You've got to say, Jesus, I'm dirty. I'm worse than Rahab was. I've, I've ran from you. I've mocked you. I've made fun of you. I, I've even thought that I served you and had a relationship with you. But I have never, ever asked you to wash me and make me clean. I still like a little bit of the dirty world out there. And see, if you still do, you haven't been washed by Jesus. You've been washed by religion. You've been washed by a false, fake doctrine that won't get you into heaven because God won't see blood. And Jesus, as I just read, suffered outside of the city gate so that you and so that I and everybody listening could be holy. And you can't go into that holy of holies. And that's what I'm afraid of, church. I'm afraid a lot of people are discouraged about praying and really do not pray like you can pray. See, when I pray, and I don't, I'm not just speaking for me. I speak for several of you in here. When I pray, I don't pray for results. I pray in faith of these words in this book right here, knowing that everything Everything God says is still good, it's still correct, and it's still true. But I pray with a faith and with a confidence knowing that what I have just left out of the holy of holies telling God, it's going to be all right. 
and he's going to take care of it. He may not heal the way I think healing is going to take place. He may not provide. I gave you a great testimony last week. He didn't do it. He did it in a, he, he went around uh, outside the city gate to meet my need last week, but he met my need. And you cannot, you cannot get in the presence of God. And I want you to be able to pray like you've never prayed before. You can't get into the presence of God, the holy place, unless you were made holy. I'm going to read it again. Jesus suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his blood. Before we end our broadcast today, I just want to ask you a simple question. Do you know Jesus Christ? Not do you go to church, not do you have a cross in your home, but do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, meaning that you realize you were born into a world of sin and you are a sinner, and you violated the law of God and you stored up wrath, and for that, you feel bad and so bad that you've asked him to forgive you and you've changed your way of living to reflect following Christ. If you haven't done that, that's exactly what this entire broadcast is about. It's not about a bunch of people or a bunch of money or attending our church, but it's asking you this question, are you ready to meet the Lord face to face? and give an account for your life. If you have not done that, or you're not sure, we need to pray right now. And the prayer doesn't have to be a lengthy prayer or an intelligent prayer, but it has to be a prayer of faith from your heart. And you have to pray. You can pray in your own words, but you must realize during the course of your prayer that without the forgiveness of God Almighty, that there is no way you'll have peace with God now or for all eternity. So I want to pray for you, God. I pray for every person listening right now. Lord, that they would understand that it's not your will for any to perish, but for all to have everlasting life. And I'm asking you, oh God, to help my friends right now that may be praying to know that you are waiting. You stand at the door. You said in Revelation 3, you stand at the door and knock. You're waiting on us and help them to know, Lord, when they call on you, that they can be saved and they will be saved when they pray from their heart and they make up their mind that they're going to follow you. Friend, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, you are now a child of the Most High God. Not only do you have an advocate, not only do you have a friend right now that sticks closer than a brother, but you got the hope of heaven one day. And for that, I am so glad. If you prayed that prayer today, why don't you just take just a moment, if you don't mind, and uh, reach out to us at multitudeschurch.com forward slash saved, S-A-V-E-D. Or you can send us a text that just says saved to 910-400-1199. That's the word saved. To 910-411199. Listen, we'd like to help you out on your journey. And there's no strings attached. We just want you to know we're trying to finish our course and fulfill the Great Commission. And you're part of that. So let us pray for you. And if you have any kind of prayer request, why don't you uh, share that with us? Uh, we will not reach back out to you and ask you for anything. Uh, but you're welcome to email us and let us know what your prayer is need is right now and that's just a simple email uh, to prayer at multitudeschurch.com thank you again for being a part of our broadcast and we look forward to seeing you in heaven one day for all eternity thank you for being a part of our broadcast today if you would like more information about our church or to watch entire services please visit us online at multitudeschurch.com you can also find us on most social media platforms.